Well, the biggest question for the Golden State Warriors since their season ended was what about Bob? And today we have our answer. And at one o'clock this afternoon, we'll have answers directly from the source himself. I am going to be heading over to Chase Center for that press conference, which means we got to get into today's show and get through it quickly so I can get over there. <clears throat> Pardon me. Bob Myers is exiting the Golden State Warriors. He has not announced what his next plans are beyond taking a little time away and considering the grind that he has been through 11 seasons of unprecedented success, two-time executive of the year, four titles, six NBA Finals appearances. And as I've told you throughout the entire relationship that I've carved out with Bob Myers, this is a man who has done it with class and dignity and style and gratitude, and he is a relationship builder. He fosters relationships with everyone in the organization. And we got some already very interesting names and, and, and thoughts going on in the chat room. And one of them is that, you know, organizations win championships. And that is totally correct. But Bob Meyer's fingerprints are on every single element of this organization. And I really do believe the steady calmness that you see permeate the Golden State Warriors comes from the Steve Kerr-Bob Myers dynamic, which is now going to be different. Things are going to be different. There is no doubt that things are going to be different. This is the man who hired Steve Kerr. This is the man that created Space 4 and the exit strategy to move on from the Kevin Durant era. He is like every GM, imperfect when it comes to drafting players, but when it comes to fostering and cultivating a winning organization, no argument can be made that anybody's done it better. It, it, you, you could say Bob Myers is as good as the best to have ever done it. Who's done it better, especially navigating the choppiest of modern waters that the NBA swims through now like no other league? The constant online Twitter trolling, bickering, noise, Adam Silver even admitting that the players in his league are miserable based on the fact they are in a you know constant state of media attention that is overwhelmingly negative. We've seen this overwhelming negativity drift into Warriors fandom and conversations in in ways that, look, they went about earning a little bit, but in ways that are undeserved. And that could be the kind of thing that runs through a team and turns it all sour if you don't have a guy like Bob Myers with a steady hand on the switch. What will the future look like without Bob? Again, we will get answers from the source himself today, but what a huge moment in time for the Golden State Warriors. And one thing is completely undeniable is that the dynasty as we know it is over and the clock is now ticking on other elements that when they become subtracted or they exit will mean that this era of competing in a way that Warriors fans have become accustomed to will at best be paused most likely be over again when dynasties end and when greatest players and franchise histories step away things don't get better that's not how basketball was worked historically 
And even though the Warriors are light years ahead, I don't think that they can rewrite the natural order of how NBA franchises have functioned throughout their history. Let me take a really quick sip of coffee. I want to welcome all of you here today. Thank you for joining me. I hope you had a wonderful, uh, long Memorial Day weekend. Again, thanks for being here on the Plus. We had a Memorial Day show that a lot of people, more than I even expected, showed up for yesterday. So I thank you very much. If you're listening to the podcast, I thank you very much. And we won't waste your time today at all because, again, I'm getting over to that Bob Myers press conference at 1 o'clock at Chase Center. So Woj dropped the bomb that Bob Myers is exiting as president of basketball operations. And now the next piece of vital information is going to be simply who is going to be the next Bob Myers. I mean, the next Bob Myers is going to come in, you'd think, as general manager where team president of basketball operations will not be the next title that the person filling in for Bob steps into. Um, You know, is it going to be Mike Dunleavy Jr.? Will it be young Kirk Lacob, which I think would be a mistake? Um, Looking outside of the organization for the right answer to this question is something that the Warriors have to do. I don't think that they can just look at this and say this needs to be an internal promotion. Maybe new eyes on the team in the situation would actually do the team in the situation a little good. Um, No stone should be left unturned, and I would be surprised if the Warriors operated in any other way other than no stone will be left unturned. Um, Even if they go turn over all those stones and they come back to Mike Dunleavy Jr., to me, that would be an acceptable answer. It really would be. Um, Would it be instantly washing over Warriors fans as the 100% right thing to do? There's no way that that would happen. But it is, uh, it's someone who's been in the room, knows the room, understands how the room operates, because he has been Bob Myers' right-hand man. Again, Kirk Lacob is not just the, you know, rich son of a rich owner. He is a basketball grinder. He really does care, and I'm not saying he's made great evaluations, but he is getting his hands dirty. But to me, it just feels like too much too soon. And it would also be the fastest way for Joe Lacob to just completely give back all of the political capital that he's earned with Warriors fans to just install his son as the next GM feels a a bit foolish and a bit premature to me. Um, But what a moment, what a moment and what a run. Like seriously, I got to quote Vin Scully here when I say, you know, don't be sad that it's over. Be happy that it happened at all. And it really is an unprecedented run, certainly for the Golden State Warriors. It's basically an unprecedented run of success in modern NBA times. And I think it's a run of success that you can measure against the greatest runs of success throughout the history of sports, all sports, beyond just the sport of basketball. It's been a glorious decade with the peaks going as high as peaks are allowed to go, with the valleys dipping down so dramatically low It allowed the Warriors to kind of reset things. And even though the reset didn't go well with James Wiseman, you know, this is, it's been an unbelievable run. It really has been. Um, I don't think anyone should walk away angry or try to diminish this man's role on this team. I think it was significant. I think it was, um, again, 
you kind of had to see how it operated behind the scenes. And I understand that that's a peek behind the curtain that very few of you have access to. We try to bring you there. We try to explain it to you. Um, And again, very few actual hosts dip themselves behind the curtain. I can name very few hosts on any station I've ever worked with who I've actually seen at games as media members. Um, So there's just a lot of speculation and conjecture. We're going to try to bring you behind the scenes of what is actually happening. And you just got to take it from me. If you're trying to diminish Bob Myers' presence with the Warriors, you're admitting out loud you never really understood how this whole thing worked in the first place. I want to thank uh, our sponsors, part of the family, and it means so much. This guy right here, Ike's, it is a delicious sandwich. I don't know what you're doing for lunch today, but you couldn't do any better than if you decided to go to Ike's and pick yourself up. Why not have a Damon Bruce today? Why not put me in your mouth today? That's 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 a big ask, but it's an ask that you can absolutely uh, be proud of and, and enjoy if you do it. Trust me. Um uh, we have uh, our, our buddies at Blackened, as always. Uh, I'm not saying, you know, in the middle of your day, you should be washing down your lunchtime sandwich with whiskey. But if you are picking up a bottle of whiskey, make sure it's Blackened. The best way to support me and everything we're doing here on the Plus is to support my wonderful sponsors. That would mean more to me than any amount of likes and views Taking care of those who are taking care of me is a great way to support me and Jillian and what we're doing over here. And I think that independent media is going to be more valuable going forward than it ever was before. So it is wonderful to have you here. Please take care of my buddy Ike and take care of my friends over at Blackened. We will do an abbreviated Club Plus here in just a little bit. Um... But again, the story today is that Bob Myers is stepping away. We'll get into Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals and a quick little peek preview at what is coming up with the uh, the NBA Finals, which begin on June 1st. we still got to wait a few days before we actually get there. And then we got to wait too many days in between Finals games, which drives me nuts. It's like the NBA is so worried about packing as many games as it can to in the smallest amount of time in the regular season. Then you get to the Finals, and it's like it's totally different than the natural style of play that is attached to the regular season. It's it's a little nuts how long it takes to get through an NBA Finals. Uh, again, Game 1 is Thursday. Game 3 in Miami will be next Wednesday. Like, that's, that's way too much time in between Games 1 and Game 3. But we'll get to that in just a second. As I said, the thing that is undeniable now is that the clock is ticking louder than ever before, on the end of, let's not call it the end of the run, because the Warriors still got some run in them, but it's it's the end of the dynasty. If you really needed a moment in time to say, when did the dynasty end? It's probably today at 1 o'clock when Bob Myers officially says that he will be stepping away at his press conference. Um, the goal remains, one more NBA Finals appearance with Steph Curry. That is now the goal, but I believe to achieve that goal, it's going to come with a distinctly different flavor than what we know from the dynasty. And again, with Bob Myers now being absent going forward, there is no doubt that things are going to change. And again, when I say the clock is ticking, the clock is ticking now on several decisions. 
and several people and what they will end up doing, um, starting with Draymond Green. Look, I know when the Warriors got bounced, Draymond was quick to the podium to say, I want to come back to the Golden State Warriors. Does this now change how Draymond Green approaches that decision and his player option? Draymond Green and Bob Myers were like this. They really were. They really are. Um, and I'm not saying that Bob is going to you know, show up in another NBA city. As a matter of fact, it seems like that is one thing that we have learned about his exit, that this isn't to take another job in the NBA. This is just a step away from 11 years of working real hard. And he's got the, you know, the money to do it. So why not enjoy your family? Why not go to, you know, Bermuda for a month and not think about basketball? I'm guessing Bob would love to do that. This brings us to now the decision on Clay Thompson's future. The next general manager, the next person to make the decision on Clay Thompson will not be nearly as loyal as Bob might have been to Clay, although the amount of money that Clay might be asking for, that's a decision that feels like it comes from the owner's office as much as any president of basketball operations or general manager. But how does this affect the Clay Thompson decision? This is going to sound like heresy to some of you, but how does this affect the Steph Curry decision when there is another decision to be made on Steph Curry? And I'm not saying what decision the Warriors will make, because I know right now the decision that the Warriors will make. The Warriors will decide Steph Curry finishing his career in a Warriors uniform is the best thing for them. Will Steph Curry... Excuse me, I'm getting all emotional just thinking about it. Will Steph Curry feel that way? Will Steph Curry look at the Golden State Warriors in the same light that he sees them now again? Steph Curry and Bob Myers are like this. Does he still envision himself as a career warrior? Will he look around? I don't know. And then we get to Steve Kerr. Again, Steve Kerr and Bob Myers have had as functional and positive a co-working relationship, maybe there was a little static over players drafted and players' minutes allocated here at the end, but there was static for a lot of reasons here at the end. The Steve Kerr era ending probably does as much to affect the end of Steph Curry playing with the Warriors. I doubt Steph envisions himself being a warrior with a coach other than Steve Kerr. Maybe that would happen, but as he dreams about it and thinks about it at night when he's laying in bed right now, I guarantee you he is envisioning Steve Kerr being his coach the entire way through his career. Um, Does Bob Myers' exit speed up Steve Kerr's departure and then, you know, does that affect what Steph Curry does. So there will be a lot of things to think about. I don't know how many answers we're going to get at the Bob Myers press conference today, but I will be there asking questions and I'm sure we will have more to think about and more to assume by the time we get back here at 11 a.m. tomorrow on the Damon Bruce show, but we might even have to do like an emergency YouTube afterwards 
tonight when I've had a little bit more time to think about what we just saw at that press conference. So interesting times. No, no bow to doubt it. And yes, I know I said that wrong. It was for effect. Last night was a fascinating night of basketball, wasn't it? It really, it really was. The Heat win in Boston. They continue. Really, the only there are two undefeated streaks in sports. Father Time remains undefeated in sports, and NBA teams up three nothing are undefeated in a playoff series. 151 and 0 throughout the history of the league up 3 nothing in a 7 game series. Boston flirted with ending that, but when it was all said and done, the Miami Heat end up winning that game. It's it's some of the numbers that have come out of that game are really extraordinary. Tommy Beer uh, who is a stat guy, says over the entire 82-game regular season, the Heat shot more than 45% from downtown while attempting 30 or more three-pointers in a game one time. In this postseason, they have shot that volume of three four different times. It, it, I mean, they basically got to the postseason and started playing a game that was unfamiliar with how they played in the regular season, which is why they were an eight seed in the regular season. And now we're representing the Eastern Conference in the NBA Finals here in the postseason. The Heat went from 27th and three-point percentage in the regular season to leading all teams in the playoffs at 39%. That is remarkable. I mean, we keep on telling you it's a make-or-miss league. There's evidence of that right there. And here is another thing that is remarkable from uh, Tom Haberstroh. Made threes in the Eastern Conference Finals. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown over the seven games combined for 18 made threes. Caleb Martin and Tyler Hero combined for 22 made threes. And Tyler Hero didn't play. That's something else, is it not? Caleb Martin, a guy who was on the bench for playoff games last year, knocked down more threes in the Eastern Conference Finals than Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown combined. That's incredible. So obviously there's a party in South Florida, right? I mean, you got the Heat in the NBA Finals. The Panthers have reached the Stanley Cup Finals. They're going to be meeting the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Boston, meanwhile, has two title hopes dashed by eight seeds. Unbelievable. Uh, Both eight seeds coming from South Florida. Ouch, Boston. Couldn't happen to a better town. John Hollinger just twists the knife last night, saying Boston becomes the first city to lose home game sevens to eight seeds in both hockey and basketball in the same season. Bruins and Celtics. Gag. Unbelievable. And look, you got to just give a ton of respect to the Miami Heat here. Nick Wright uh, said, you know, the Miami Heat were 0.2 seconds away from winning five of seven in this series. I mean, that's how the, the Heat should not have seen a game seven, but they had to go to one. Then they beat the Celtics three times in Boston in four games. 
Boston is now, let me see if I get this right. They have lost, the, the Boston Celtics have lost 11, they're, no, their record, pardon me, the Boston Celtics record at home over the last two postseasons is now 11 and 12. Like, that's a serious problem. You know, how good of a team can you be if you have no home court advantage in the playoffs? That's a problem. But respect to the Miami Heat. A Miami podcaster named Ethan Skolnick said, Since 2011, 10 out of 13 East championships have either been won by the Miami Heat or LeBron James or both. Let's stop saying that one necessarily made the other is the point that he's trying to bring up here. Did LeBron make the Heat an incredible basketball team? Yes. But it's not like the Heat were a bad basketball team before he showed up or became a bad basketball team after he left. He says it was the best player of the era, and this is now the best franchise of the era. Well, I don't know about that because the Warriors have a little something to say about you know, okay, if you're counting conference finals appearances as the end-all, be-all of franchise evaluation, and look, it's not a bad place to start, but there is no doubt that since 2011, the Miami Heat have been the most consistently well-run organization in the Eastern Conference. That's undeniable. The Jimmy Butler-Bam era have seen, you know, and that's the thing. It was it's, it's a stunner that an 8 seed is in the NBA finals, right? Doesn't it's only happened once before with the New York Knicks back in 1999, who by the way were bounced in 5 by San Antonio. And I I wouldn't be surprised if the Heat found themselves bounced in 5 by the Denver Nuggets, but we'll get there in just a second. Um in the Jimmy and Bam era, the Heat have been in three of the last four Eastern Conference Finals, and in two of the last four NBA Finals. Dude, crazy respect to Jimmy Butler. Crazy respect to Jimmy Butler. Everywhere that guy goes, that team gets better. I mean, that's what defines him. And the lack of real will to suffer some uncomfortable moments, Jimmy Butler defines all the loser franchises that moved on from this guy. Chicago, Minnesota, Philadelphia, at worst, you're all losers. At best, you're underachievers. I mean, think about Chicago had Jimmy Butler moved on because it was time to like really, really pay him or not, and they decided not. So then he goes to what Philadelphia and or, or was it Minnesota first? I don't know, but he rubbed Carl Anthony Towns the wrong way. He rubbed Joel Embiid the wrong way. He rubbed established team players the wrong way because he was ultra competitive and ultra demanding and difficult to work with. And you know what? When you choose to say goodbye to the rabid competitor who might be a little bit difficult to work with and you stick around with all these stat padding pussies, you get eliminated. Jimmy Butler is the basketball truth. And 
The teams that have moved on from Jimmy Butler are all basketball lies and bullshit. They really are. They really are. Jimmy wasn't easy to work with. Fuck you. You know, keep that guy on your team. He challenged players to be better. Players didn't like that challenge. Jimmy made people uncomfortable. Yeah, Jimmy sitting in the NBA Finals once again. It's got to be a comfortable place to be today, don't you think? Chuck D, public enemy. Chuck D, who I follow on Twitter, to me, summed it all up last night. He really did. Leave it to Chuck to sum things up. He's been doing it his entire life. Chuck D tweeted last night, the Miami Heat made AAU ball, bagged up superstars, and marketed high draft picks look embarrassingly futile. You got Joker, who's a premier international player. You now got Miami with eight undrafted players. And Adam Silver is going to have to change up his marketing plan because this league looks lazy compared to real hunger and competitive DNA. Oh, he's so right. He's so right. A lot of coddled superstars who are not grinders have gotten their ass bounced by grinders with humble beginnings. Again, what's the old saying in work? You know, what's more important to have here, talent or somebody who works hard? Well, the best is a combination of both. But I'll take an untalented hard worker more than a super talented, lazy person any day of the week. People who think their right to win is entitled. The Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets are redefining what matters in this league. Hard work, everyone. Write that down. Make a note. It seems to be a thing. So, look. It feels like the Denver Nuggets reached the NBA Finals about a month ago. Again, they start on June 1st, which is Thursday. I like the Nuggets in seven. Excuse me. I like the Nuggets in five. I'm going Nuggets in five. I really am. And that's with all kinds of crazy respect to you know, the, the, the Miami Heat, who I've gotten incredible respect for. But I just think that Denver is way too much for them to handle. Denver has been nothing short of the best team in the NBA the entirety of the regular and postseason. They are the best team in basketball, full stop. I would be stunned if the Miami Heat were able to beat the Denver Nuggets. That's why I'm taking the Nuggets in five. I think it's a gentleman's sweep. I really do. Ball Don't Lie, which is another Twitter account that I follow, Put up some sobering stats for the Miami Heat here. First of all, uh, Denver is 9-1 in its last 10 games against Miami. That's a bad matchup. And we constantly talk about how tough of a road trip that is. Like, going and playing in Denver is tough for everyone. It might be the toughest for the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat haven't won a game in Denver since around Thanksgiving of 2016. It's been years since they've even won a game in Denver, much less they now got to go win playoff games in Denver. The Heat are the second eight seed to reach the NBA Finals. That was the 1999 Knicks, like I said. The Spurs handled them in five. Again, the Spurs had a 
huge two-man game between Tim Duncan and and Tony Parker back then kind of reminds me a little bit of of Jokic and Jamal Murray right now. So uh, I, I think that the Miami Heat are going to run into their reckoning against the best team in the NBA, which, you know, clearly the Boston Celtics weren't. Real quick recap on the Celtics and what I think they need to do this offseason. Because Jalen Brown is going to become the immediate focus, right? I mean, the Heat, or excuse me, the Celtics have a decision to make on a player who's now earned the Supermax. So are they going to commit $295 million to a player that they've also included in every single trade rumor that you could possibly put out there? How do they really feel about Jalen Brown? I I would stay with them. To me, what the Boston Celtics need is a better coach than Joe Missoula, who just comes across like a huge douchebag and just way in over his head. Way over his head. Um, I think that that they need a better coach. I think that they need a better coach. They need to tweak some of that lineup, but I would not be breaking up Tatum and Jalen Brown as much as they just struggled. Again, it's too bad that Tatum like rolled his ankle in the first minute of Game 7. That really affected how Boston was going to play. Um, Bill Barnwell, who normally is tweeting about the NBA, came up with what I think is is a pretty good argument to keep things together. And look, one of the reasons why the Denver Nuggets are who they are right now is because of patience. Patience is a hard thing to afford, especially in the NBA these days. I think Boston needs more patience here because they've officially knocked on the door two years in a row here. I know that it's embarrassing how they got bounced at home in game seven. I know it's embarrassing how they lost, you know, the NBA finals on their home court. I know that. I know that there's a lot of angry Celtics fans, but Bill Barnwell made a pretty good argument here. Jason Tatum just finished his age 24 season. Brown just finished his age 26 season. The Celtics lost Game 7 of the Conference Finals by 19 points. So let's go back to the 89-90 season, where it was Scottie Pippen's age 24 season, Michael Jordan's age 26 season, and the Bulls lost Game 7 of the Conference Finals by 19 points. Now, I'm not saying that Tatum and Brown are Jordan and Pippen. But they're a very good one-two punch that any team should want to keep around and build. These guys are still babies in their careers. I think the Warriors sort of re-scrambled how everyone thinks basketball should work. That as soon as you're good to compete, you should show up in the NBA Finals and win it multiple times in a row. That's just not how this league has historically worked. First, you got to get to the front porch. Then you're left knocking on the door for a couple years in a row before it actually opens to you. And you might have to knock on the door of the NBA Finals before you win one. So I wouldn't go blowing things up, but I would get a new coach. Again, 11-12 and 12 at home over the past two postseasons, that's a problem. Maybe the Celtics need some better fans. Watching Bill Simmons just sitting there looking at at the Celtics like uh, Kendall Roy was looking at the the ocean at the end of succession there. New York, New York Bay, whatever that New York Harbor. What a day in sports we got. What a day in sports we got. Uh, We got some baseball coming up this afternoon. 
Giants, by the way, two games over 500 now. They are starting to play some good baseball. The Oakland A's, who had a Nevada uh, you know, a council meeting yesterday. It's Nevada. Nevada Iata, not Nevada Iata. Yeah, that's how you figure it out. Uh, the A's actually snapped an 11-game losing streak to find their 11th win of the year. Wow. I Hey, the fact that they beat the Braves is kind of amazing in any way, shape, or form. But that's baseball. Well, that's baseball for everyone but the A's. And we'll talk more about them at another time. But I want to get into Club Plus here because I got to get over to that Bob Myers press conference today. So if you're listening on the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in today. It means an awful lot that you are here. I hope you had a great weekend. We'll be back on Wednesday right at 11 o'clock on the YouTube channel, Damon Bruce Plus, The Plus. And we hope to see you there. If not, thank you for downloading the podcast. And if you haven't downloaded the podcast, you should do so. It's available everywhere you get your podcasts. But if you're listening on the podcast, you already know that. Thank you so much for listening. And please do remember that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he's gone.